Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Got to admit, this is the first time I'd heard this story, and I pay attention to things. I mean, it's my job, people. U.S. officials think massive surge at southern border possible if COVID restriction is lifted today. What? This is the first time I've read anything like it. Did I somehow miss this story? This is a story about Title 42. So let's break down what this is and what could be happening. Because when I read it on NBC News, I said, huh, that doesn't sound like a story they would normally do. This is about how you can keep people out of the United States Vis-a-vis, or vis-a-vis, depending on how you say these things, COVID. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Under Title 42, you could block asylum seekers from entering the United States and then uh, say, no, 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 back in Mexico, you go. That's all there is to it. That's how this works. Now, the Biden administration lifted the policy for children who arrived unaccompanied, but they kept it for families and single adults. So, oh, very, very unhappy that Joe Biden is taking a page out of the deporter-in-chief playbook. The deporter-in-chief was who? Barack Obama. And not allowing these people into the country. Understand how radical many in the political left are. Texas state troopers are arresting migrants crossing the border. And it's being called unconstitutional. People are crossing the border illegally without what is described as the proper documentation. Then they had an operation, did uh, some law enforcement there in Mexico. They called it Operation Lone Star. Because what else are they going to call it? It's Texas. There's Operation Cowboy. There's Operation Lone Star. There's Operation JR. There's Operation Emmett Smith. These are the four operations you can do in the state of Texas. So this one was Operation Lone Star. So they used state troopers and National Guard soldiers to bolster federal immigration enforcement. So you've got a story of the, these two. I think it's a, it's a husband and wife. Oh, no, they're friends. Man and a woman. Their case was tossed by a district court judge because prosecutors could not present probable cause in the case. What is the probable cause? Did they enter the country illegally? Yes or no? Next. But no, there are people out there who are absolutely in favor of open borders, got themselves all their super fancy law degrees, and they go about engaging the attack. No border, no border, no border. You're wrong, you're wrong. Fight you, fight you. Help everybody to break the law. Thus, Title 42 was about saying, hey, COVID, we can't let these people in. There are people who believe that Title 42 should not exist at all. A U.S. District Judge named Emmett Sullivan, who we have referenced before, different uh, rulings, different reasons. So we haven't always been opposed. He rules that the use of Title 42 
which is an authority through the Centers for Disease Control. It's funny, when they want the CDC to limit you, that's fine. When they want the CDC to limit people coming into the country illegally, that's the problem. It did not give Biden the authority to block asylum seekers from crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. Now remember, people claiming asylum aren't actually looking for asylum. They don't actually have anything they're running from, per se. Anything that would be asylum-worthy. But they are... They are, 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 they are taught, coached on, on what to say and how to say it. They are coached on such a thing, on how to lie to get into the country and stay in the country. I argue if you help somebody lie, uh, you should certainly lose your law license and you should be jailed for a good 50 years. That's how big the crime should be. We should have legal immigration in the United States. We can work on better systems to legal immigration. But we should have a zero-tolerance policy for illegal immigration, and the people opposed to that are the enemies of a free and thinking state. Just so we understand. So Judge Emmett Sullivan says the Biden Biden administration doesn't have the authority to block asylum seekers from crossing the border. So he places this order... Back on September 16th, that means this week, that means today, that order goes into effect somehow. How it goes into effect, I don't know. But could it mean that you have people saying, ah, can't keep me out now, excuse me while I take a little swim to the other side of the shore. There is not a data point that suggests that 400,000 migrants could cross the border. The question is, are you prepared for such a thing? The United States seems to like to work against the United States and protecting the United States, and I find it ugly. This idea of, well, we've got the Constitution. Yes, we do. I'd like it when people follow it, but it is not a suicide pact. Nor does it state that we can't protect the border. Article 4, Section 4 proves as much. Why do we continue to rule in favor of ideas that provide no value to us or, by the way, anybody else? Only to those, I shouldn't say anybody else, it provides a value to some, provides a value to those people who don't believe in the nation at all and believe in its destruction. Again, if you believe... In legal immigration, that makes perfect sense to me. If you believe in illegal immigration, there's something very, very wrong with you. What you believe in is certainly not a nation that has any value. At all. So are they expecting 400,000 migrants? Uh, no, no, no. They're, they're not. Based on what I've seen, they're not expecting that. Are they questioning how we could prepare for such a thing? The answer is yes. That you would have to even think of preparing for such a thing is the story. Now, we should know how deep this goes, exactly how crazy everybody is, and how many lies get told. This is Texas Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Uh, Let me pronounce to my friends that the border is both sovereign and secure, it is obviously subjected to biased and 
unfair narratives for political purposes. My gosh, that's a lot of crap to put into two sentences. What is the expression? That's 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag? That's a whole lot of crap. And one of the people not having it is Representative Chip Roy, also of Texas. And I heard the gentlelady criticizing the state of Texas for daring to spend $3 billion to do what the federal government is refusing to do. Give me a break. The state of Texas is the only thing standing between complete, absolute lawlessness and a wide open border for our country. The Border Patrol, who I heard the gentlelady just refer to. Oh, I know the Border Patrol, she says. Well, go talk to them right now. There are a number of them in town right now. Brandon Judd is a few hundred yards down the road. Why don't we bring Brandon over to go talk about the state of the Border Patrol? While Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden and the White House Press Secretary beat up our Border Patrol agents for doing their job riding horses, and then they get called racist, the modern-day scarlet letter. Some of us aren't going to run from this ridiculous, scurrilous charge being leveled against hardworking Americans trying to defend our country. The DOJ Civil Rights Division being sent down to Del Rio. The President of the United States can't find his way to send additional resources to actually secure the border. But sure as hell has time to go send the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division down to investigate men riding their horses trying to secure the border of the United States. Uh, Biden also had time to go to the congressional baseball game, which he has taken it on the chin for. By the way, something else about Border Patrol worth knowing. As is being reported, the Biden administration is going to fire Border Patrol agents who refuse to get a vaccine by November 1st. This vaccine mandate stuff, as I've been discussing, is just as ridiculous and ugly and non-thinking as anything else out there. It is a total lack of thinking. It's a total lack of honesty. It is fear. It is pablum. I'm not anti-vax. I'm so fine with the vaccine. I am, I've never been anti-vaccine. I'm anti-forced. It is also... Also ignorant to think that a hospital is better off when you have to fire hundreds of people because they didn't get vaccinated. The border is not better off. The border is far worse off. We are in far more danger of what's happening at the border and people trying to come across the border than we are of COVID. Is that such a difficult thing to say out loud? That's not a hot take. That is a factual take. That is a factual take. COVID is survived by a good 99% plus of the people. What happens when the nation ceases to be a nation? If you allow law-breaking to happen, and then you then fund financially fund the lawbreakers, how much longer do you have a nation? Have we never read a book? Do we not know how this happens? Legal immigration is the answer, and engaging people in the American way of life is the value. It's what makes us special and will continue to. Illegal immigration, drug running, 
cartels, sex trafficking. That is no way to engage a nation. That is not a way to create a system of government, people. So, yes, what destroys the nation and our foundations and the concept of who we are, that's far worse than COVID. I'm Tony Katz. So it seems that the shutdown is averted. The shutdown, as we know, is not the same thing as the infrastructure bill, which they, man, they are so desperate, so desperate, but they're not there. They don't have mansion. They don't have cinema. I mean, these things can change. They do change. But right now, they're not in it. And the attack on cinema is just absolutely stunning, as I've been talking about. Liz Cheney thinks that it was an insurrection on January 6th, and she's so brave. Kirsten Cinema thinks it's too much spending, and she is the one destroying democracy. I mean, there just comes a moment where you have to laugh at it all. The just straight-up madness of it all. Destroying democracy? That's, that's pretty rich. That, that, that's, that's pretty much something right there. Because they disagree. Well, they're the right to disagree. I mean, it's, it's smart uh, to, 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 to disagree. And yet you'll have Pelosi saying this. Oh, sorry about that. You'll have Pelosi saying this about Mitch McConnell. It's been a long time since I've made a Mitch McConnell reference on the show. I love Much better. Just had to do it. Congress has addressed the debt limit 78 times, as the distinguished chairman mentioned, since 1960. 29 times with a Democrat in the White House, 49 times under Republican president. More recently, since 2011, each of the seven times that the debt limit was addressed, Congress did so on a bipartisan basis. This includes three times under the most recent former president. She can't even bring herself to say Trump. I always find that part great. It seems that they're going to figure this one out. So this is about whether or not there's going to be a government shutdown. They seem to have averted this by going with the CR, the continuing resolution. So they won't have it. They'll continue to, to move on. And this is how Schumer put it. Tonight, tomorrow, I think that's it means today, the Senate will vote on legislation to prevent a needless shutdown, provide long-sought emergency funding to help Americans still reeling from natural disasters, and provide funding to help resettle Afghan refugees. You, you mean the ones that you were willing to bring uh, back to the United States, not the ones that you left for dead, right? Just, just making sure. Here's an interesting little thing. Got this sent to me by a friend of mine. Health coverage options for Afghan evacuees. This is from healthcare.gov. Today, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services released a fact sheet to help states and advocacy organizations understand what health coverage options are available to to Afghan evacuees. 
Most evacuees arriving in the United States will be eligible for health coverage through Medicaid, uh, the CHIP program, Children's Health Insurance Program, or the Marketplace, or Refugee Medical Assistance. Can we talk about how absolutely amazing that is? Refugees have been here for three and a half days. It's been a little longer. And we already have coverage options for them. So when we discuss who's coming to the country and whether or not people were vetted coming into the country, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, over the border, we're talking about from Afghanistan. When we talk about we're paying for these things, we're paying for these things. This is this is official. Got sent out. Hey, here's how this is going to go down. I am staring right now from the Department of Health and Human Services. Healthcare coverage options for Afghan evacuees, dated September 27th. I'm staring at it. Now, if you ask me, do I think that we shouldn't take care of these people? The answer is no, I think we absolutely should take care of these people, especially those people who are SIVs, special immigrant visa holders, the people who are working with the United States, their families, absolutely positively. That's the deal we made. Honor the deal. Honor the deal. But I, I, this, is, this is what we need to raise the debt limit for? I'm, I'm asking. Because it would seem to me that there are Americans out there saying we do not have the priorities in priority. If you tell me you want to take care of kids from Afghanistan whose families risk their lives for us, I say yes. If you tell me I want to provide coverage to able-bodied men who refuse to get jobs, the answer is no. We can go through line by line, thing after thing, about the woke policy here and the social program there. But we can make a clear distinction between the Afghan child and the American who will not do for himself, who can do for himself. But we don't ever make those distinctions, now, do we? We don't ever play it that way, do we? No, like, ah, we just got to write another check. Oh, we can't have a shutdown. Oh, we need to raise debt limit. Oh, we got to spend a little more. Oh, we got to spend a little more. No, you don't. And this won't stop until it stops. And by the way, we should be clear, this is both parties. Democrats spend, Republicans spend slower. We have to stop. We have to stop. So they've got a continuing resolution. The government will remain open. So, you know, we got that going for us. I'm Tony Katz. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. I can't stop playing it. It's just the most insane bit of DC to happen in a while. Jen Psaki in the White House briefing room being asked about whether or not, you know, the infrastructure vote is going to happen. 
think what you're going to continue to see for this moment of time, Kelly, is uh, a lot of these private conversations um, and discussions with a range of members about how to move things forward. And yes, he's the first to tell you that we need to continue to uh, communicate with the American public about what's in these packages. But, I'm, but if we're talking about this period of time, uh, over the next 24 hours or so, I would expect you'd see him continue private conversations and that's how he'll spend his time. Go ahead. Yes, thanks, Jen. How confident is the White House at this point of a vote on infrastructure tomorrow? Or do you think that could slip into next week? Have you gotten any assurances? Or? Well, this is why we all came to Washington. Uh, it's like an episode of a TV show. Uh, where we, I, I'm not in a position to put lick in a crystal ball here. Maybe the West Wing? If something good happens, maybe Veep. If not, um, I'm not sure. I will assess tomorrow where we stand. <laughs> That's really funny. It's a TV show? It's I mean it's a funny line. It is? I thought it was a funny line. Well, then then obviously you're the crowd she's playing to. This this is a grown woman making this statement. We're only talking about whether we're going to put us more three point five trillion more dollars into debt and create policies that are going to hurt us for generations. I mean it's it's like the whole vax mandate thing that's in there. They want it through OSHA, right? They're going to use OSHA to force you to get a vaccine, which, again, I'm not anti-vax. I just don't believe in force. But now they've got fines inside of this bill, as people have been discussing. And and certainly, if, if that changes, fine, I'm listening. But it doesn't seem to be the case. Forbes is writing about this, that on page 168 of the bill, there are fines. For not getting vaccinated, not the $14,000 OSHA fine, the fines could run as high as $70,000 for serious infractions and $700,000 for willful or repeated violations. That sound like a free nation to you? The government's going to fine you. The government is go- there. There are people who believe that the government should imprison you. You shouldn't be allowed to leave your house unless you've been vaccinated. We keep doing this. We keep having this conversation because it's just so absolutely maddening. But now we're into the place where it's it's not we're we're not we're we're discussing America or not, as I have often described. Because the people who believe in this kind of fine and the people or in any fine or the people who believe in force and they that you should be, you know, kept in your home. Like the people over there at the view. I think it was Sunny Hosted. They're they're really so proud of their bigotry. You, you have the right to stay at home. No, I have the right to walk about free, and you don't have any right to ask me a question about my health status. So kiss off. That's the way it works. That's America. That's the value. That's what makes us better than the rest. Not this nonsense that we're seeing right now. This is a serious subject, this infrastructure bill that isn't infrastructure. That is about all of this radicalized spending. A serious subject. Oh, we'll see what happens with the vote. It's like a TV show. I almost sounded like producer Ari right there. It's pretty impressive. So, so impressive. Not impressive is her answer. Her answer is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Because they, they, they don't view this... It's clear, isn't it clear, that they don't uh, take this this seriously? 
Now, I'm hoping everything holds, and I'm hoping that people will, uh, you know, deal with the, the, the pressure, because right now, Democrats don't have it. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're going to need congressional approval, and you don't have the votes. You even have the progressives, you know, going the other way on this, saying, no, 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 no. If we don't get the $3.5 trillion, we're not going to vote for the $1.2 trillion. And if you try and change the $3.5 trillion, we won't vote for any of it. Progressives are going to progressive. But let's, let us get into a a better kind of frame of of mind. Can can we, can we do that? Something a little, a little more uh, on the happy side here. Maybe this will help. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. Or maybe it's the best, depending on who you are. Naked New Jersey meat mogul Evan Wexler grabbed a gun after getting fed up with car thieves. So, uh, you, you know, you could you take it the way you want to. That's either the best or the worst. Oh, there's the video. Oh, yeah, he is uh, not wearing clothes and shooting at somebody who tried to rob, steal his car. According to Evan, this is ha- still naked, going down the stairs of his porch and looking for people to shoot at. So 18 different times thieves have tried to steal his exotic sport cars. So he ran naked from his bed with what looks like an AR-15. I'm only telling you, you know, it's there's video, but I didn't want to look that closely. And people are bothered that he's playing the part of vigilante. Closed-circuit television footage showing thieves breaking into his Mercedes G-Wagon. He lives in Fort Lee and looking for keys to uh, some of his other cars. Thieves used last August to steal a Lamborghini. uh, Is it a Ventador? An SVJ Coupe? Worth more than half a million dollars. The Lamborghini, which is one of ten in the country was found a week later with $80,000 of damage. This at an abandoned house in Newark. Well, I don't know what's worse. $80,000 or having to go to Newark to pick up your car. And if you ever lived in New Jersey, that joke's hilarious. You know what's so great about that joke? You don't even have to live in New Jersey. You're like, yeah, that's funny, because it's Newark. I can accept the frustration of people stealing your stuff again and again and again and again. And I don't actually have an issue, although I can't tell you that uh, I can explain the law about whether or not you could shoot at somebody who's stealing your vehicle. When you're not in the car, you are in the house. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that I do not know where the law falls on that one. And I'm always going to give you that part of it. But people are upset that he's taking things into his own hands and trying to stop people from stealing his things. That's what they're bothered by. 
You're not bothered by the by the by the thieves. And can we ask what kind of security system do you have that you can have all these cars, but you can't stop these people from jumping the fence? Dude, that's what I was thinking. Like after eighteen, after seventeen times, I think I'd be like, maybe I should do a different security system for my expensive cars. You, I it, doesn't it seem like odd? Like there's. Is is it an invitation? Is it like I, I dare you? Is I it playing know. the purge? What are you doing here? He's clearly got a lot of awesome cars, but like eighteen times someone tries to steal them. Like clearly, clearly there's a there's a hole in the uh, in the in the plan right there that I'm missing. Now we should also be clear that no one should be stealing his cars. Well, yeah. I am not blaming Wexler. I'm simply asking a question. About how what he should be doing, and may I also ask the question exactly how much money can you make from meat? Hey, phrase it. Sorry, Archer. How much money is this guy making? I I, I clearly clearly am in the wrong business, but the naked meat guy I thought was a great story. That's a, just a, a, a make-you-feel-good story. Here, I'll, I'll give you one more. I'll give you... Do, wait, do I have one more story? There's a story out about Mayim Bialik, who's going to be the new host of Jeopardy. And they, I mean, I know they're going to have this, this loser Ken Jennings co-host. I don't like Ken Jennings. The guy is, is great at, uh, at, at the game. He's just a terrible person. So Maya Bialik from Big Bang Theory, uh, she's got a new show called Call Me Cat. Uh, no one's going to pay attention to that show. Sorry. Sorry, Maya. You know her from Blossom. She tells a story about how she used to be friends with Neil Patrick Harris. You, uh, producer Ari, huge fan of Neil Patrick Harris. It's Doogie Howser or Bust. And that she's uh, not a fan of musicals. And she saw Rent. And Neil Patrick Harris was in it. And she was like, this is terrible. And people are standing up and applauding. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to stand up for this. And there's Neil Patrick Harris, her friend, seeing her not stand up. To applaud. Yeah, and what the hell? aren't friends anymore. Just stand up and applaud, you jerk. No, 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 no. This is a woman of principle. Tony, I mean, you, you said to the whole play, are you really going to be the one person there like, I'm not standing up, you you jerks. I thought it was just mediocre. For for Rent? I wouldn't stand up to applaud Rent if my life depended on you it. Were at, if you're at the show and everyone is standing up, you have to. that's just the rule. It's etiquette. No, 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 I don't. And, and we should be clear. Rent has absolutely, positively spectacular music. I think we've got some of it in, in, in the folder there, Ari. We have everything in the folder, dude. No one right? plays more show tunes than us. No, no one plays. That's why you got to. I don't, I don't have it here. So you got you to gotta put it up. Rent is incredible, incredible music. Well done, well thought out. It really is terrific. The book, the story of Rent? There you go. It's, it's incredible. The story of Rent is hot garbage. It's terrible. It's not bad. It's terrible. It's not terrible. It's nonsensical. It's not nonsensical. It's hilarity in terms of how what a ridiculous nonsense reach it is. 
But if you like stories about AIDS, oh, it's a keeper. It's like, um, uh, did you ever see uh, Team America from South Park, guys? Yes. So and good. It, they make fun of, of Rent. That's in the opening scene of one of the, 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 the guy they need to, to be the guy to infiltrate the, the terrorist enemies. Uh, he's an actor and he can do anything and he's in Rent. And it's just, it, it's terrible. It's terrible. The music in Rent, awe-inspiring. Well, because they wrote the music first and wrote a play around it, much like Mamma Mia. Is that right? Yeah, that's why Mamma Mia also, I think the plot is a little ridiculous. They write the music first, and they're like, how can we fill a story around these songs? And they just kind of just wing it. Oh, I, I, never, I never saw the musical. I never saw the movie Mamma Mia, although just to see Meryl Streep sing is, oh. Oh, I've never seen the movie. I've seen the show. See, look at us. Just all sorts of culture coming right at you. So Mayim Bialik and Neil Patrick Harris are not friends. That's, that's too bad. Uh, I, I actually think I'd be great friends with Mayim Bialik, and I don't know if we agree on near anything. But I like somebody who has say. a mind and thinks. I think I'd be great friends with Neil Patrick Harris as well. But then, we were just sitting here. I think I'd be great friends with Mayim Bialik. Like, what a quote. I don't, those words may have never been spoken before this very moment. Get it out there on the Twitter box. Let's see what happens. I, if I could bring Mayim Bialik into Indianapolis for an event, I'd do it in a heartbeat. If she would let me do Smoking with Blossom and do a cigar event, I don't know if she smokes cigars, I'd be the happiest man in the world. And literally, a conversation about... Uh, uh, childhood stardom and what is it like in, in, in the TikTok world and, and how we, we raise kids in that, in that society and what she experienced and what she think might be the parallels. Man, that'd be some fascinating stuff. And then I would get into her, you know, any subject. I mean, she has interesting parenting ideas that I disagree with, but whatever. It'd be good. And then we'd talk about Israel because, you know, both Zionists, so right on. Right on. Producer Ari, make it happen. Mayim Bialik, she's coming to town. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Making housing more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? Making elder care more affordable. Why isn't that a piece of the infrastructure of our lives? Making uh, two years community college uh, tuition free so that we can make sure that we have the workforce that we need to compete in the 21st century. That's an important piece of, of infrastructure broadly defined. It's not infrastructure broadly defined. It's infrastructure newly defined and it's not infrastructure. But this is how they're pushing this $3.5 trillion. They want to push it to you in a way, oh, it doesn't cost anything. And, oh, it's all the things that you want. It's not infrastructure. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And as we continue to go over it, it's so important that you hear this. All of the ways they try to push us. It was like this. It was like the, 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 the Bernie Sanders stuff. Did, did you catch that earlier? Bernie Sanders talking about. You know, the, 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 all the things that are such an important part of, of, of this legislation. None of it's actual infrastructure. That's the point. None of it is actual infrastructure. And when he goes through his laundry list, his list kind of proves it. 
the existential threat of climate, and the scientists tell us we have a handful of years in order to, tra in order to transform our energy system away from fossil fuel, that's a high-wire act. Uh, I, I think it is morally irresponsible, inconceivable, that this country is not leading the world in cutting carbon emissions and taking on the fossil fuel industry. And I should also add, as part of this whole thing, please understand, that we are now taking on the pharmaceutical industry. They don't want to see lower drug prices. The healthcare industry, they don't want to see Medicare expanded. Taking on the fossil fuel industry, we're taking on the very rich and their lobbyists who don't want to pay more in taxes. This is a very consequential struggle, but at the end of the day, I think we're going to win this. Hmm. It's health care, it's, it's child care, it's fossil fuels, it's those terrible, awful rich people. Nothing about roads and bridges. Nothing about roads and bridges. This thing should fail because it is valueless and it is dangerous. And so when Jen Psaki is about like joking all about it, well, we'll see what happens. That's how I, that's my Jen Psaki impression. That's why it's ugly. Because we're getting lied to by Pelosi, lied to by Joe Biden, lied to by the administration and Toto and lied to by cabinet members and, and, and senators it doesn't cost anything. Oh, it's all these great things that we now call infrastructure. Ugly as sin. But we'll have more on it tomorrow as we continue to break it down. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.